0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host Dave Mays and today's guests with an S are Jake and Becky from the YouTube channel White House on the Hill. Now on the, the White House on the Hill channel with By the way, over 700,000 subscribers, Jake and Becky have built a channel all about homesteading, being self-sustaining and raising a family on a farm. They have all sorts of exotic animals, uh, milking cow, chickens on their channel. They teach people how to do beekeeping, how to raise these animals and the overall just experience of raising a family on a farm. They have about a dozen videos with over a million views and one in particular from just a couple months ago that has over 10 million views. So Jake and Becky really know what they're doing when it comes to YouTube content. They've been posting regularly now for the last four years and coming off of my interview with Josh Satin, another farming YouTuber, I was excited to do another conversation with a completely different type of creator. So without any further ado, let's listen in on my conversation with Jake first, and then his wife, Becky joins us about halfway through this interview. Once again, I'm Dave Mays. Enjoy this podcast.
1: Um, so you do the intro thing. You do that like after the fact, right?
0: You yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah. When we're, as soon as we're done with our interview, I shoot the intro because then I'll like reference what we talked about, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> I don't know. tough right now. To, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. That would be fun to go ahead and guess what we're going to talk about and say, <laughs> wait till you hear this stuff we talked about because, oh my gosh, it's all the secrets to YouTube. A 100%. And Dave happened to say it and I didn't say anything. He's happened to tell the secret and it just happened <laughs> yes. to be in this podcast. Good thing you tuned in. Good thing <laughs> you subscribed to the, the Golden Hour podcast channel because you're not going to want to miss it.
0: I think Good that's my up. intro. That's my intro right there, Jake. Thank <laughs> you. All right. So I'm here with Jake from the channel White House on a Hill. We're going to have Becky, his uh, wife, join us later in this podcast. Um, but Jake, thank you for being on the podcast today. Your channel has over 700,000 subscribers. I'm looking at now 731. Let's get it to 800. Uh, That's let's pretty get wild, to a, isn't it? Get it to a million. You'll be at a million before you know it, man. It's before
1: pretty amazing. I know but it's, man, it just, it gets to a point. Thankfully, you get to a point in YouTube where you just, I can, just not pay, really pay attention to it. There was a time when I would like refresh my subscriber count, like every five minutes because I was so <laughs> obsessed with seeing it go up one or two people. And yeah, man, that really controlled my life there for a long time. So thankfully I can just <laughs> enjoy making content now. And I, I, it's so, it'd be crazy to see that amount of people in front of me. It'd be way oh too my stressful. Gosh. Usually I just think about the you know, you have your, your fans that have been with you since the beginning. And those are the yeah. people that I think about when I go out and film, I think about, I'm talking to, to Rick from Ohio mm. and I'm talking to, to Bill in New York and these, some of these guys that have been with me since the beginning. My first subscriber was like this guy named William. I think he was from Washington. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he still watches, but those guys are, those who I think about when I, when I go film a video, not the the 700,000 people around the world.
0: That's a great tactic to use when you're shooting. Cause you are shooting because Um, if you just imagine that person, you know, behind the lens, uh, you can really kind of think about it in a more conversational manner rather than performing in front of a, you know, a camera or whatever. And I think that's what, why your content is so relatable. That's why so many people love it is that it has this really authentic feel. And it's something we were just talking about before we started recording and something Mm -hmm. that I know that you work hard on. We talked about all the
1: best stuff. We talked about (laughs) all the best stuff right
0: off the bat. It's it sucks that we weren't rolling because uh, <laughs> we basically did the whole show before we started yep. here. But no, what's for you, what's that balance? I, I feel like YouTube, um, there's different types of, of levels of quality or content or whatever. Like some people focus on the gear, some people focus on the story, some people just do daily vlogs and just kind of crank them out and have basically no editing in it. Like what's the balance for you with making it feel authentic, raw, and and real? But also the fact that you're shooting on a DSLR with a, a decent quality microphone and you want to make sure your edit is is high quality and stuff like that. How have you found that balance for you?
1: Well, I'm definitely for a long time I was just obsessed with quality and gear. And then at some point it was getting in the way of me creating. And so I there's channels in our genre that that will that'll just film daily and they'll use a DSLR too, but they just they'll film short bits here and yeah. there and just whatever they they come up with maybe there's less of the storyline when you're in a daily type situation and then there's high quality where they're they're consumed more with the 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 equipment they're using and so the storyline is not as good but they may be beautiful to watch and so <laughs> over the past couple of years i've been so focused on the storyline that i don't let the what camera i'm using get in the way like in uh, i'm working on an edit right now with with bees and um, some days I had the the good camera with me. Sometimes I just had my my iPhone with me. Um, if I need to get up close to the bees, I'll go grab uh, the GoPro. Yeah, and I've got like the the old. Uh, hang on, I've got the old uh, Insta three. <laughs> got the old Insta three sixty here. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I used right at the beginning to do a little hidden camera when I like go um, get the uh, the package from the UPS guy outside when he came in and hand me something. So. Usually it's just like I just try to grab something to capture for the for the tool, yeah. Um, just to to capture the footage, and I don't worry about the quality. From time to time, I'll try to upgrade things because
0: sure, sure, sure.
1: Uh, like the Insta 360 seems super grainy. I did just win a, <laughs> I did just win a an Insta 360 Go 2 from there. You won they it. Were going like a, I wanted, I guess, from like a, a a giveaway they were doing. But um, that's a good
0: way to get influencers to use your products. Have a fake contest and then just you want they it probably right? because i
1: did comment it was on a on their youtube video and <laughs> in from white house on the Hill and they're probably like oh yeah we want this guy to have the camera but <laughs> oh so, i'm cool with that because i, bought, I'm cool I bought way too many of these because i've been yeah. doing um this insta 360 has been my secret for making pigeon videos uh, and so i been, yeah
0: it's so small
1: i was in a search do i have one of these little cameras i had one of these little cameras uh, I don't even have this one out of the box yet, but this was like a tiny little $20 thing off of like eBay. And it's just a tiny little cube. Oh, cool. the, and so it'd fit on a pigeon, but then, uh, and so we'd actually have them fly and have the footage, but the footage was so shaky. And then after going through like two or three different types of cameras, like I found this one. And so I had to figure out how to, how to attach it to the pigeons going, going <laughs> in here and then, and then gluing this uh-huh. to a, uh, um, to a little a bird harness, and then getting this on here, and then oh, wow. this on here, and so and then I even <laughs> had to like train the birds because it does add a little weight to their front, and so I had to get it at a certain point. And so it's it's a ton of fun to watch them fly with it. Uh huh. Um, I I watched some videos of like eagles flying on YouTube, and it's like it's as as elegant as you can imagine. I mean, they just are floating. And it is not like that with pigeons. Pigeons are like, <laughs> they're just so wild and crazy. Yeah. And so it's not how I imagined it would be, but it's been a lot of fun going through that journey to try to figure out how to film our pigeons, because I hadn't seen that on YouTube. So that was something fun that we tried this past year.
0: Now, I can kind of tell with our conversation right now, you're enjoying this because this isn't something that you talk about regularly on your channel how it's made right
1: no i never wanted to like one i didn't want to give away the secret because i had a lot of pigeon people (laughs) that wanted to figure out how to film
0: pigeon pigeon people
1: (laughs) there's people that raise pigeons and and i'm i guess that's where i'm uh, people probably have a love-hate relationship with with me and our channel because there's people that raise a specific animal uh uh-huh. and sorry i'm kind of deterring off your question here we'll get back to no that it's fine it
2: that's
0: what podcasts are for
1: <laughs> so we have uh uh people that will raise a specific animal that will find our channel so we we raised uh we hatched out emus and we started to have all these emu well people from australia it's their official uh-huh. bird of australia these australians would find our channel and they were upset because they have emus in the wild in australia mm-hmm. but they're not allowed to own them. And so they were really fascinated, but they're also okay. kind of angry that Americans could own emus.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then we, and then we, we can, hatched out, we can also
0: own okay. guns. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> they can get over that. <laughs>
1: if you want to talk about guns, we can go that route too. Cause I have a lot of fun with that. Um, and then <laughs> I don't put it on the channel though, but then, uh, uh then I, I had, I hatched out peacocks, hatched out p And people from India found our channel and really loved our channel because they have them in the wild, but they're not allowed to touch them or hold them or anything. And so they're fascinated with us with PFAL. And so the people loved it. And then now it's like (laughs) pigeons. You have the pigeon people that that love their pigeons and um, they, they fly their pigeons. And so we touch on like a little bit of a bunch of subjects that people that are really passionate about it. I've seen um, I'm in, like, some mandarin duck groups. We raise these fancy waterfowl called mandarin ducks. and
0: Jeez, uh, man, that's amazing.
1: And they're beautiful. And so I've been, like, in these Facebook groups. I'll go back and search for, like, our channel name. And then uh-huh. I'll find all these people that hate on us because <laughs> because we're, like, the – we touch on so many things, but they're, like, passionate about this one type of animal or bird. And so yeah, it does make me think about it. Like, how can I – become better at taking care of each type of animal i don't ever want to get so many animals that i can't care for each one yeah and that's where some channels that are we're not we're more in the homesteading niche i think than the animal niche okay or niche how you and jevin like to debate it niche niche Um, whatever you want to say um and so (laughs) we're kind of in between this like all these types of content of animals family vlog homesteading and so People, you know, I just try to evolve and find, you know, where does our channel fit in? And and some people are going to hate you, and some people are going to love you. And somewhere in there was a question about our gear, and uh, remind me, okay, so oh, how to like how we do certain things? So that's that's another part is that we like to film with the pigeons. Yeah, I don't show like a behind the scenes type stuff on that. Yeah. Um, one, it took a long time to develop, like to figure this out. It took me months last year to test and develop till I figured it out. And then I really didn't want to give away the secret. And then Insta360 <laughs> discontinued this one. And I was like, oh, I guess I can talk about it now that now that people can't really get this. But then they brought out the 362. So which is
0: even smaller, right?
1: It's yeah, it's probably about the same size or so, but probably way better quality. I haven't got to use it yet. Um, um,
0: Corridor Digital did a, a version of uh, did you see? Do you know what Corridor Digital is?
1: no what's that
0: they're a filmmaking uh channel based in hollywood and they um they have a lot of vfx uh reviews and, and things they're a big uh-huh. channel they've been around forever um but they did a, they put um the new 360 on a falcon and they did some some footage uh, on a falcon which is yeah because really cool. you can
1: finally record because this only records for a minute i can get a minute and then mm. it cuts off so people always want to see more footage of the pigeons Sure. But now yeah. I think the new one, I think you can set it for like 15 or 30 minutes or something. So yeah, I think that's you can amazing. record a lot longer.
0: And, uh, we are say I, I am saving some kind of bigger overarching questions about your channel and, and your story when your wife joins us. Um, okay. I just want to take this time to nerd out a little bit, but okay. I do think that it's interesting that you're talking about the haters and stuff. And I think there's a lot to be said about that, that, no matter what you do, when you put yourself on the internet, you're going to get hate. And when I was doing yeah. gear reviews, uh, every single week, I would see that constantly. Um, you know, your microphone sucks or why are you talking about it this way? The way you said it there was stupid. And how do you deal with that as a creator and how have you developed? I mean, do, you just kind of have to have a thick skin, I guess, but there's probably some truth in certain types of criticism. So I don't want to like dismiss uh, constructive criticism when it, when it comes my way, um, how are you able to balance that? And is there anything that you could say to somebody starting out that's kind of you know maybe discouraged by some of these negative comments that you can get sometimes on YouTube?
1: Yeah, I see a lot of new creators that they one it's the dislike button is like the first thing that hits them where they're like oh my gosh I got my first dislike this is why would they dislike <laughs> my video I, I they they took time to watch it I made it and they disliked it and so that's the first thing you have to like get over with is just there's going to be people that watch every one of your videos, and they're going to dislike every one of your videos. And that's just part of that. <laughs> and that's no big deal, because at least they're interacting with your your content. Then then there's the people that leave the the comments, as long as it's not um, vulgar or something about, you know, our kids or my wife or something like that. If it's, if it's about me or, you know, then we can have a discussion. But if it's usually like about somebody else in the family, or it's just really mean-spirited, you know, then it's just really easy to block and get them out of the picture so it's not yeah. something we have to deal with then there's people that go to the next level of contacting you where they're they're sending emails or messages through instagram or something where they're making sure they're sending you something on all platforms to make sure you hear their their message whatever they have to say or they we do open mail and there's people that have sent hate letters through the mails when we'd wow. open them in like in mail time or something like that and we're like wow they really went to the next level to to get a hold of us um so there's, there's ones that they stick with you a little bit. There's some that I can still think of in my head where somebody sent a letter about something we did. And I was like, why would you take the time to send that a letter? Like, just kind of blew me away. But usually it does help me think about um, things when I talk about them on a video. When something happens, we have animals. And when you have animals, you're going to have animals that get sick, that get hurt, that die. And so when, when we have an animal die in the video, you know, we'll, we'll show that. And then some people will comment and they'll say, you know what, every time I watch your videos, an animal's dying. And it's not the case. It's like maybe three or four videos a year, but when they watch that kind of content, YouTube recommends the same kind of content. So a lot of times (laughs) they'll get recommended those other videos that are very similar to that. And so that's kind of the unfortunate thing about the way they'll watch our content, but, and then we get, um, well, so when I, when I talk to them about uh, try to explain what happens in a video I already kind of now I have an understanding of what the viewer sees and how I'm going to edit it all together and and so I want to show all the steps I took to try to save an animal or to take care of them and so we'll have people that will um so I have a better understanding of how they'll react when when something happens and so there's a lot of times that I I edit out so much like I really I usually some of these videos are hatching videos and this one I'm working on right now that I'm going to put out probably later today is one about our bees and it's we've been working on it for a couple weeks Mm. and so it'll be five six days of filming cut down to like 10 12 minutes and so it's we edit out a lot of little details where they'll say why didn't you do this and I'll be like I did I just cut it for time yeah so those are things I have to think about when I edit out as Cause I, am one I'm dealing with, say for bees, for example, I'm going to edit, um, I'm talking to the new beekeeper, but then I'm also talking to the experienced beekeeper. And so I have to try to meet them in the middle of like sharing enough info mm-hmm. to where it, it lets the experienced beekeeper understand like, okay, he knows what he's talking about, but then it's not over the head of the new beekeeper. So that's with any of our animals. It's like, you have to meet them in the middle. You've got to have enough content or enough, um, talking points to try to help them understand. And if they really don't understand, sometimes I, they'll send a message and they'll, if they send it nicely, just asking a question, then yes, of course, I'll, I'll talk to them about it. If, if I can already tell they're coming at a, a state of anger or something, <laughs> sometimes I just don't even get into it where I'm like, they just yeah. want to be upset. I, I had a debate with a, a, a lady a day or two ago about a video we shot last year. And at first I thought I could change her mind. And then after talking for a while back and forth, I was like, oh, she's, she's not quitting. She's, <laughs> she's going until she convinces me of her point. And so we're, we, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree on this. So yeah, the hate is, can be difficult and it can stick with you. And I, for a long time, had a desire to respond to every message everywhere, because you just, you, you want to keep everybody's attention and interest and know, let them know that they're important to you, but it does get to you the amount of negative feedback you'll get. And so at a certain point, you just have to I'll respond to so many. And then I just got to walk away from it and say, yeah, yeah, there were a couple messages of that just got a little too tough. And I just got to go move on to the next thing because it's just holding me from creating something else.
0: Well, you know, it's terrible because here you are sitting at over 700,000 subs. So many creators would love to be at that stage. You're getting over 100,000 views consistently on all your videos. You've got some videos with millions of views, and you probably have, you know, way more positive comments than negative ones, right? So it's yeah. easy as creators to focus on the negative <laughs> ones. Hi. Hi. <laughs> What's in up? Here. I'm Dave. Hi. Um, Can you tell me what it was like when... Let's like go to the beginning of this whole thing for you guys. What, what made you guys want to do this channel in the first place? And I think it's so unique that you're doing it together because... Um, there's so many creators out there that, that are married and, uh, you know, at least for me, I've, I've tried to get my wife to get interested in YouTube and she has no interest whatsoever. Um, so what was it like for you guys? Did you just decide you wanted to start doing a farm on your own and then a channel kind of came out of that or like, just take me to the beginning, going from the city to, you know, a farm.
2: Yeah. Well, I grew up on a farm. So it was always my dream to go back to that because we lived in the town for 10 years. And I really wanted to get back to um, getting out by ourselves, getting animals. So I was really excited about that. And so I kind of pushed it on to Jake and saying, this is what we need to do. (laughs) (laughs) So when we finally got to move to the farm, we got six chickens. And it's been such a long time since we took care of chickens.
1: i uh hi I was such a... everybody's coming in
2: <laughs> hi Hi.
0: <Bye. Bye>. oh <laughs> no worries he's part of the so we... he's part of the channel as well
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just did some research on uh, youtube really and and then we start, came across some family vlogs that yeah doing homesteading and we're like this is an awesome opportunity so we really clung on to that and and went, ran with that really
1: yeah so that was in that was like in 2016 when we we okay. got to we started branding on a farm we got chickens and then we started to look up like how to raise the chickens and so we we looked up these videos on how to raise chickens and that's when we found family vlog on a, on a farm family vlogs that were homesteading yeah and And then for about six months, we toyed with the idea of like, could we create content? I don't know. Maybe we could. We filmed stuff, but we never edited it. And then it was like spring 2017. And that's when we finally decided Mm. to start putting stuff on YouTube. And it took us about, um, let's see, it took us a little over a month, month or two, just to get to like 10 subscribers. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't tell any family. Sure. And so (laughs) then there's people all the time that'll be like, they're just starting and they want to know. You know, how in the world do we get a thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand subscribers? And when we started, we didn't tell any family we wanted to see how YouTube works. And 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 you you guys didn't
0: have your own social medias really at the time either. No, we hadn't
1: anything really going yet on on uh, Instagram or Facebook or anything. And so, um, but then we started making connections. We started going to events. We started Mm. collaborating with people on videos. And that was probably the first big video that took off was one that I made with like four other channels about duck breeds for, for your farm. And so we started figuring that out. Like, how can we get in front of other audiences? How can we meet other people and get connections in this community? And so we went to, uh, Homesteaders of America has a big conference and we went to the first event in 2017. And so getting involved in your, Mm -hmm. in your genre of, of like-minded people was really big for us. And then that led to like my first job with video where, and uh, after that first time we went to Homesteaders of America, they, they contacted us to film their future events. Oh, wow. And so they liked the the video we made from their event. And so the last uh, two or three years we filmed at their event. And so that just help lead to other opportunities that was something initially where you know we're trying to figure out how do we make money with this thing because monetization was so small at the beginning yeah um so that's where we started looking for how can we work with with companies with hatcheries uh are a big thing in our niche with with chicks and and uh, and then events things like that where we could actually go and film and and still be productive but then make money with it along the way and so that really helped supplement things until we were able to to get the channel to support us more on its own
0: now, Becky, what was it like learning to be a performer on camera? Was that something that came natural to you and
2: <laughs> not at all still it's hard i i I don't know it's it's weird
0: <laughs> is it yeah what's a i I always think it's funny when I get to see other youtubers working. I don't know if you've ever like been around other youtubers and you see how they film and you yeah. see all the mistakes oh, it's super that they awkward. make. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah.
1: watching them, it's like watching them get dressed or something. It's like so uncomfortable to see somebody we... else pop out <laughs> of camera and start talking.
0: Yeah. Cause you see, like when you watch somebody, another creator's video, you see the edited uh, version of it. But then when you actually see other people working, it's amazing how nobody is perfect. Like we're always, you know, fumbling your words or like having to reshoot it. And Oh, I think,
1: yeah, I'm the worst. oh, Becky, <laughs> Becky never, you never fumble your words.
2: <laughs> I'm the worst. Like, especially if he wants me to say a certain thing, I will not say it
1: because
2: it's yeah. <laughs> focused on not. <laughs> but like, I think that's I have what makes to go off the cuff.
0: That's what makes your content so relatable, though, is that you guys are just mostly going off the cuff, right? I mean, I would assume yeah. there's, you might have a, a general premise or like an idea of what you're going after, but um, instead of, just reading a script you guys are really just kind of living life
1: yeah i have a a storyline that i'm i mean a lot of times in our our videos like a a hatching video say um we don't know how it's going to end but i know the general direction that it needs to go in and so i've got things that i need to update from time to time along the progress of the eggs and Mm -hmm. um, or along a story where uh, we were just filming this one with bees and so initially they were they were they seem to be dead and so we were trying to figure out how can we revive these and so in a lot of these storylines we don't know how it's going to end but I can keep like a mental image of the edit of okay here's the something so it's not just chopped together footage from one day to the next that it's it's finding ways to flow to flow through it and then to tell Mm. give little bits of information so it's somewhat educational but it's not boring And so that's where we try to mix in things throughout the way. But yeah, it's back when we tried to either force things more or when she had to film more, because I used to, when I was working a job, Mm -hmm. um, now I'm just a lazy YouTube bum. Uh, (laughs) No way, man. Back (laughs) then I I would be- Work harder than most people. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of times, yeah, we, we do. I know. I would tell her, like, I need you to go do this and talk about this. And so- then i'd walk back watch back on the edit watch the footage and i'm like oh my gosh like i just got to i keep going through cuz she finally got the end she'll get it right and so yeah, i yeah. just have to skip over everything <laughs> until she gets to the last time That's when okay. I know she did it right yeah
0: i'm i'm sure now it's been several years you i hope you know i'm sure you've advanced and gotten better and and same for jake as well what what was that moment for you i mean you mentioned you had a job um and you were doing youtube on the side. I think that's how almost everybody starts out, obviously. I mean, it takes, uh, if you're lucky, a year to start even bringing in any substantial income, if not right. for most people, two to three years before you can transition. Uh, what was that transition like? And, and w- at what point were you guys able to go full-time into YouTube?
1: Well, I, I love to talk about this because a lot of people will ask us in our niche, they'll ask us, you know, how'd you grow from the beginning? Um and it's it's helped because we had we had we worked our own business in the past and so it helped us learn how to fail because in youtube there's so much failure and so it's one thing treating it like a real job because there's people that will say you know when it makes more money then i'll treat it like a job or i'll work at it harder and yeah and uh i think she's taking little guy for somewhere it's okay um what's his name so uh, that's Isaiah.
0: Okay. Isaiah is so cute.
1: He's two years old. And so when I, I'm giving people advice, remembering back to when I started, we we went all in. And so by that, I mean, I put YouTube first before any other career, any other job. I had other either part-time or somewhat full-time jobs that I pieced together to make like a full-time income. Uh-huh. And so, but between all of those, I would we were posting four to five days a week. We were, Mm. I was learning, I was getting into, um, I thought it was funny. I was listening to your last, uh, podcast with, it was a Chris and he was talking about, um, I started the way everybody did. I watched Casey vlogs, and, (laughs) uh, and then Peter McKinnon stuff. And I'm like, yep, me too. So you get (laughs) obsessed with, with the really good creators. And so you learn how to, to, to fine tune your craft. Um, and, but we we that's how we treated it. We treated it like a full-time job that we were going to put time into. We we tried to learn as fast as we could by making mistakes because people are afraid to put out bad content. And
2: yeah. at the
1: beginning, we put out a lot of bad content because we didn't know how to tell a story. We didn't know how to film or edit. And so that's all you have to do is just start to do it. Make mistakes and then but then treat it like a job where your your goal is is to get to the next stage. I mean, there were at the time you're like, man, does this ever going to work? Are we ever yeah. going to grow? Are we ever going to make money? I, I want it to move faster. And it's just, you got to have the yeah. patience for the algorithm. And, and well,
0: the fact that we are blessed in this like day and age to do what we love full-time yeah. and get paid. And there's no barrier of entry other than the time and the, the amount of creativity that you can come up with. I mean, if you put yourself in that perspective, it's pretty amazing.
1: Oh yeah, it was no time at all compared to like a previous uh, a company that we ran by ourselves. Yeah. Um, that made little to no money in five years. Mm-hmm. So we just completely failed at one at one business, and then for this to make within about a year, we were making money, and then about mm-hmm. a year and a half, we got to a point where it was making more than most of my other jobs to where we were able to.
0: <laughs> but it took do. you that, it took you that year of consistently uploading yeah. and treating it like a real job. And the same was true for me. When I started my YouTube channel, we were posting twice a week, every single week for about a year before anything really happened. But um, yeah. a couple of videos would hit here and there, but that's the key for everybody on YouTube is just to stay consistent. Um, Becky, when at what point did you guys decide to include your children, or was that always something that you, um, that you wanted to include in the videos? Like, I know there's definitely some family vloggers out there who maybe keep that a more personal thing. Um, you guys have included the children. Then also, did you guys get hit with the kind of apocalypse thing with having kids in your videos and stuff? Do you know what I'm talking about? There was we
2: have always had the kids in the. In the videos. I thought it was a good um, experience to show like us growing our own food, how we like explain that to them, how they kind of interact with the animals and stuff. They really like all that we do really. Yeah. I really thought that was a good idea to include that and not shy away from it. So we've always done it from the very beginning and always had them as a part of it so but it's just been fun seeing them grow from the very beginning mm-hmm. and going back to seeing the old videos and seeing like oh, yeah man. Well, like <laughs> they were so small and then going back to seeing like where they are right now and and hopefully they will continue to want to be in the videos we don't force them or anything like that but yeah. when the um the kids thing happened that was kind of a scary thing this knowing not knowing what to to expect to like, are they going to yeah. come after us? You know, there's a lot of, we get a what lot was, of hate every once in a while, but.
0: What was that thing called? The, um, I think the U S government cracked down on kid content on YouTube. Was that like two years ago now? Did yeah. you guys, did you guys get hit by that at all? Uh, monetization wise. They,
1: they cut content or it cut uh, comments off on a lot of our videos, uh, older videos. But since our, our content is not just for kids so yeah. it's we don't it's not have blip. issues with that
0: yeah you're not you're not blippy you know <laughs> yeah
2: we did do a few things Though we took um we had a few butchering videos on how to's and stuff we took that off um just-
1: yeah the that was initially we were thinking that's the kind of content we needed to do as homesteaders was to show all the the steps and the processes of of growing our own food and so part of that was having animals and then processing or butchering, butchering animals for our food. And that was another part of it with the Adpocalypse stuff was they, they cut back on what you could show um, as far as like animal births and with okay. and with animal butchering, you just couldn't show it and be monetized. And so we had to scale that back.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then really makes through makes the
1: sense. process of us like catching out emus and peacocks and or birds then people saw our channel as more of a, uh, a animal ch- type channel instead of like a homesteading type channel and so then it was confusing to them that like oh these guys do they love their animals or do they want to kill their animals and so that's where <laughs> it became complicated that we had to we talk about it but we don't really show a lot of that stuff so
0: gotcha I'm interrupting this podcast to briefly remind you guys to please subscribe to the golden hour podcast. There's a lot of people who listen, who aren't subscribers at this point, if you've enjoyed the show, I guarantee you'll enjoy other shows as well. So hit the subscribe button and enable the bell notification on the golden hour podcast, YouTube channel. So what does it look like for you guys when you're starting your day and you're about to go shoot a video or, you know, you're trying to plan content for the week. What's your process look like for your channel? Because it does seem very effortless, effortle- effortless when you watch it. It just seems really natural and, and fun. But there's obviously a lot of thought and time that goes into it. Tell me about your process of making videos together as a team.
1: Well, most of it doesn't start with like, all right, we're going to go film a video. Usually it's like there's something happening. Got to grab the camera. And then this will be the start of, of something. Um, I think I've got... Cause I, I have like, I'll save, uh, like I'll save my content, like in a daily folder. Mm-hmm. So I can go back through and find like specific things, or I keep like a, um, specific topic that we're working on. Cause I know it's going to be a video just about this one thing. And then I'll save all the files in there. And so right now there's this one that I've been filming for like the last two weeks that will come out sometime today. And then, um, our next one, we just, we've been filming a couple things throughout the week. And so there um, we had chicks sent to us. And so we had to start filming with them. They can send, they send chicks through the mail. And so we huh. started filming <laughs> with them and then we'll figure out how to tell that story. And then um, there's a, a hatching, there's a couple hatching videos that are in the works where we've gotten the eggs and we may have put them into the incubator or there's uh, a bird that's sitting on them to hatch them out. And so all of those, I just keep them organized. And then I figure out, I just try to film a little bit every couple of days with each one to keep updating whatever's going on. And then uh, when we get to about the the week that it's like, it's go time for this video. Okay. Now we need to start working on tying in the full story Yeah. of where, what have I done so far? What do I need to do to, to make this a complete video and not just like, here's this, 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 how do I tell the story of this? Yeah. Uh, so, so there's about three or four videos that were in the works right now. And so mm-hmm. it is fun when we can actually just go out and make a video sometimes, but it's, it's almost like more complicated now to where I've just got to keep track of all these storylines going on, um, has, because they do, because they do take a while to develop.
0: Has doing this channel made your marriage stronger or has it introduced, uh, more challenges to your relationship? <laughs> well, we
1: used to film, we started daily and then we, and then, then that was challenging. Yeah. Then she said, yeah. we can't keep, we can't keep doing this.
2: <laughs> it was this community. It was just you know, overtaking our everything, you know, just felt like we couldn't get away from anything. Everything, everything, everything had to be filmed.
1: filmed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I like that. I like to have my downtime and not have to put almost put on a show like, yeah. Oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's those down days.
0: I think that's the downfall of a lot of the family vloggers, especially the ones yeah. that do the daily stuff. Cause then like, what are you actually going to this event for your kids or are you doing it for the content, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, how do you guys balance the like, okay, we're on now and then we're off, you know, now, you know, don't pick up the camera, you know, we're together as a family right now. Do you guys have, well, like, we're,
1: at a, we're at a good spot where it's like, usually it's about one video a week. Sometimes two, sometimes less, um, but it's, it makes it a lot easier because we we're trying to, cause we are a farm where we're trying to progress and build buildings and develop things, grow our garden. And so there's things we're trying to accomplish, build fencing yeah. that we don't, the fencing stuff is like, we, we built a huge fence last year and it was the, the biggest thing we did all year, but we didn't film any of it because it was just so boring. <laughs> and so there's things that we just have to get done for the farm to keep sure. progressing, but the end goal is like once you get the fence done, then you can go get bigger animals to put inside the fence, and then that's more content. But for gotcha. the time being, there's things that take us away. We're we're working on our uh, a greenhouse, and we've been working on it for we started it a year ago, and we're still just trying to finish it up. And so I've been saving that files for that in a folder, and we go work on it from time to time, but that's something that just whenever we have a little bit of spare time, we go work on that. Yeah. Um, in between like our videos. So it's like, we try to get stuff done. We have like the things that need to get done today. And then we have the bigger, like let's work on the garden thing that may or may not get filmed. And then there's like the film content. Yeah. So I I just try to make sure that I do get out like a video a a week. Yeah. So as long as I'm moving towards that, then we do have some days in there to just work on other stuff
2: typically in the morning I'm like okay so what are we doing today like because we homeschool our kids and so I'm like okay so I oh, have wow. to work that schedule around there too and he's like okay we need to film this we need to get this done and we need to wrap this up or you know it's work day just to get projects done or you're free to do whatever you want <laughs> that's not very often but uh, we just kind of game plan yeah. every morning to see what we need to do and what we need to get done
1: And I heard you talking, I think with with Jevin about like sponsors and that's a, I, I would probably disappear from YouTube for probably two, three weeks at a time, just doing work. But then we have uh, sponsors that'll come up and, and that'll motivate me to like, okay, we got to get this video done because there is a sponsor on it. Yeah. And so that's where we've got to balance things of like the, the sponsors and the videos help pay for all the projects we have on the farm. And really, so far, that's where all our money's gone into is when we get money from sponsors, we just turn right around and we put it into developing our farm. So that's where we just try to balance everything. We get videos done because of that, but then that's we're just always out there working. And so a lot of people will ask us, like, I wish you made more videos, or um, you know, I wish you could post two or three times a week instead of just once. And that's we we want to get stuff done and and we also have to remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. And so we could we could make more money by posting more videos, but then it would put way more strain on us and and it would be much more difficult for us to accomplish anything because when I'm making videos we just aren't getting our projects done.
0: Do you shoot everything and edit everything yourself?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's we there's things that were we're at a place where not I don't know if I could give up filming and and editing kind of have a love hate relationship with editing because it's I love the end (laughs) project but I am so ADD with it that I have a really hard time just I think if I were to stay on top of it I could get done in like three or four hours but I just (laughs) I take so long thinking through things and the music's a big part of it and so oh yeah I just I would I need to like sit with a professional editor or something and see their workflow because (laughs) I just have such a weird workflow with it and it's one it's when i was i was a graphic designer out of college okay and with graphic design i it's one of those things where you just keep you just never can be done with it you just you you feel like it's an unfinished project and that's how i feel like with videos where yeah okay i just nitpick little things and i just a uh, one day edit will take it's I'm now on my third day trying to finish get a video done so <laughs>
0: Yeah, YouTube is is great because there is kind of a little bit more leeway than I was a freelance director and a video person for ten years before I even started YouTube, and uh, you know when you're working with a client, it has to be a certain level of quality. But with YouTube, I found a lot of freedom in it because you can kind of just be good enough with good enough, you know, because you gotta just move on to the next video, you know. But it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard, to hard find that, it's that spot, when it's your
1: baby. I, yeah it's hard cuz there's just like the things we're talking about like making sure you answered all the questions for the viewer comments and then you dealt with the sponsor appropriately and then yeah. you told the story and then you the music is all the right music at the right time and so there's so many things that all just have to be pulled together into this little 12 minute bundle <laughs> of a video that just are way more than it should be and but you're right there's there's no you know the whole the main thing is that there's times when I'm like, uh, you know, you can't make every video your best video, yeah. but you just try to give it the best shot to like, um, you know, as far as like a viral type video, you always just look at every video is like, you know, is this one that has a chance? Okay, I, you know, I better make sure I come with it with the, the title and thumbnail just to give it the best chance to, to get off to a good yeah. start.
0: Well, let's, let's go to that. I mean, you've got several videos in the millions of views, which is amazing. Congratulations. But you did have one that was uh, seven months ago with, uh, over 10 million views. I killed the yeah. queen to save the hive, uh, killer title and thumbnail, uh, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you've got some of these videos that, I mean, let's see, it looks like you got at least a dozen over a million, if not more, but yeah, pretty amazing. Um, this most recent one um the queen i mean what was that like what happened how when you really analyze some of these videos that that have over a million views what is it that you find to be the common uh variable between them if anything
1: thumbnails are very similar if you look at like our top maybe 10 videos or so Mm
0: -hmm. i've
1: started to learn just what does well with a thumbnail i'm still not good at it i'm still not good at it but there's similarities that i've just learned with where I'm where I'm at in the thumbnail if I'm the the focus along with the animal or the the bird or whatever and or the bee and so learning that plus titles are so frustrating I I think I heard you talking on another podcast about somebody that had there's companies or people that just come up with titles who were you talking about Casey or somebody we were talking about it with they just have somebody that just comes up with titles
0: Oh yeah, there's, there's uh, most most uh, high-end YouTubers have guys that their full-time job is editing thumbnails and uh, writers that come up with titles. And yeah, Casey Neistat, when he was doing daily vlogs, he had a full-time uh, music person that was just finding music for each vlog.
1: And that makes sense because I, I, I couldn't believe that he was putting out videos every day and he had new music at the time. And then now that he's doing it again, or he started this year, last year, And he just was using the same little bit of music. I was like, ah, that now makes sense. (laughs) Because it does, it just takes me hours to find all the music I need. And um, I haven't seen many people that have a videographer, but I've seen people that are developing a team. Um, because they have as they as their farm grows, the chores grow, more animals have to be taken care of. Um, so those are all things to for us to consider as far as like the filming and editing. I've seen a few bigger channels in our niche that have tried to have somebody edit mm-hmm. and some of them have stuck with it some of them felt like it took away their the personality a little bit or didn't they weren't able to keep to the storyline that they wanted and so I yeah I kind of saw their struggles with it so I was able to say yeah I'm not going to try that quite yet and it's
0: it's so personal too because your kids are involved so it's not just like yeah. Uh, you know, in my case, I was just reviewing gear, and we had basically a, a formula and a script, so it was easy to kind of hand it off to someone else. But um, I could see when you you're incorporating your your family, it kind of it just has such a more personal uh, touch to it.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the day, these are family videos that I love to go back and look at. We, yeah. we watch our birthday videos when a kid has a birthday, and we some days we'll just sit there and watch a bunch of them. And so, if somebody else had their hand in it and put it together and didn't have the vision that I had for it. It'd be really tough. So yeah, that'd be a hard, that'd be a really hard thing for me to give up. Although that's probably the edit is probably the most stressful part for me just to bring it all together. So.
0: I'm kind of picking up that like Becky, you're, you're like, you're, you were raised on a farm. You love farming. You love the outdoors. You love family. Jake is a, a technical guy loves editing and creating stuff is that essentially the dynamic am I getting that right like do you edit or shoot as well Becky
2: well if he asked me to <laughs> it's not like I grabbed the camera I'm so, gonna go do this today it's he's yeah. like, he gives me the camera and he says I need you to do this it's or he hands me the camera and says I need you to go do you know yeah, he gives me a job, not me. <laughs> so
0: it's, a, it's a great partnership because one helps the other. And it seems like e- whether YouTube existed or not, you two would still probably be farming because it's something that you're both passionate about. But how does that play yeah. into it? The the fact that you do have a successful YouTube channel now, there is this kind of incentive to have certain animals or or do certain things that you know will perform well. Um, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've done that. I do that all the time for my videos. Is finding topics that I know people are interested in. That you know, how do you balance that? Doing what what you personally want to do, but also you know, coming up with <laughs> things to talk about that the audience will respond to.
1: Yeah, for a long time we thought we had to get a new animal to create new interest in our channel, and so at first that was like because I didn't know how to tell a story. And so there's a built-in story when you get a new animal. And so it was something easy to do. And then after a certain period of time, or once I started figuring out storytelling and how to put together a video that was interesting from the beginning to the end, I realized I, we have more than enough animals we <laughs> do want more, but it's more for us and our enjoyment to have horses and some other animals uh, on the property. But we've got a lot of the animals that we need to create content. Now they're, People love these animals. They've got, you know, uh, uh, they've got names and people start to understand their personalities. We have Bamboo as our emu. He's got his own Instagram page. And so he's got a, a built-in personality that people already know about and love. And <laughs> then, um, but then as far as creating content that people would be interested in, there's certain stories or certain things that I know will do well on our channel, anything really bird related animal related is going to do well. And then when I want to make something more about like our garden, I know it's going to struggle more just because our audience is more into our animals. Mm. And so that's where I've got to, uh, there's certain things that I'll either just have to do um, separate of our video content because I know it won't do well, or I just got to say, you know what, this video may or may not do great, but I do want to put this out when we finish our greenhouse Like the video may struggle, but I do want to show people the progress we made because it'll be really cool. So those are the things that we have to, we understand what will do well and what won't do well. And, and, but telling, learning to tell a story has been the biggest thing. So we didn't just have to keep buying animals because that was, that was the, the balance for a long time was like, well, we just need to go get something new because our channels seeing a little bit of a decline. And so once we learned how to do stuff, and then like the bees, for a long time, I was a a bird channel, because we were renting on a farm. And so we were a bird channel, we had a lot of chickens, ducks, turkeys, we got pheasants and mandarin ducks, and then we started hatching out our emus. And so we were just all birds, because we only had a limited space. And then uh, two years ago, we moved to our farm now that has lots of space, and it's our own. And so we can get whatever we need to here. And so we got into to cows, we got a milk cow. And then uh, we got pigs, we've got a a dog. And so we were able to start branching out to other types of content. And then bees, bees became something that was uh, not something I expected to do well, but it's done well for us. A a balance between um, like the bee experts, the the beekeepers and people that are new to bees, because a lot of people that watch our channel are just interested in farming content even though they don't do it themselves and so that was just trying to find what are people interested in and what would they enjoy watching
0: i would imagine there's a lot of people interested in the content because it's a fascinating thing but nobody wants to do all the work so that makes sense to me why there's so many people that are interested but will never do it <laughs> well, i'm that's one of those people I think people
1: people enjoy it because we show all the fun stuff And a lot of times we don't show all the work, the behind Mm. the scenes that to take that gets us to where we um, just the daily we do chores every morning takes an hour or two every morning of uh, getting the animals out or feeding them and hauling water and milking the cow and Mm. a lot of those things we just do every day. And we may show like a 15 second usually our intro every day of our video is like 15 seconds of our like two hour chores. And so that's where we'll show a little bit of the the bigger work. But then the bulk of our video is more of the fun stuff. And so that's why I think people watch it. And then they message me saying someday I want to grow up and have a farm just <laughs> like you, but that's the balance of like, we're trying to entertain them. Yeah. But I think some people do have an unrealistic expectation of a farm because it is harder work than we show.
0: Uh, Becky, what's the point of the farm? Like, obviously you guys have this YouTube channel, but is there some sort of like underlying message that you're trying to get out? Or like, are you guys genuinely wanting to be self-sustaining? You know, are you selling these animals and the food and stuff? Like, what's the actual point of doing it?
2: We're not really selling anything. We have lots of eggs, over overabundance of eggs. So we sell a lot of those, but, and then we have have a little bit of milk that we have left over that I sell to, you know, just friends and stuff. But um, the main purpose of it is to just provide food and stuff for us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the milk cow, we got that right when um, the virus hit. So we didn't have to go to the grocery store. There was no milk there. That's we're cool. like, well, we, this, this will solve a lot of our issues. I can make cheese, yogurt, you know, we'll have milk. And so we thought that was a good solution. And so, and it was, it was been really good. Um, so, a lot of work, definitely a lot of work though.
0: So basically it's like, we're, you're getting back to the roots of like early America and like just humans in general have always lived off of the land. And it's only been in the last hundred years or so that we go to the grocery store to buy food. Is that really the message? Is that almost anybody like, yes, you have commercial farmers who, who make money and build a business on, on commercial yeah. uh, farming. But is that what you guys are trying to show is that even if you're a family living on an acre of land, you could, you know, sustain um, a farm for your for your family.
1: Yeah, our end goal is just to to grow our own food and then to develop our property so it has we can do everything we need to do here. And then we just are able because of the this day and age, we're able to film it and share it with people um, for the monetization aspect of it. Yeah. but if if we didn't have YouTube and we didn't weren't making money from it, we would still be doing this this lifestyle. We just wouldn't be able to share it with everyone else and help promote it. but we still love this we still love this lifestyle and we do love that it's simpler than the way we were going when we lived in the city and we were working jobs and it's just yeah. a totally different type of life.
0: It's amazing, really, because you are one hundred percent self-sustaining you make your own food, you teach your own kids, uh, education, and you make your own money on the internet. Like it's, it's kind of a crazy thing that you guys don't rely on anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. Do you, have nice. sol-
0: <laughs> Do you have solar panels on your roof?
1: <laughs> All, we're starting to get solar. Uh, we have solar on our cow barn. Get off the grid. Chi- yeah. We have solar on our chicken coop. When talked we-, about that. we have a, a mobile <laughs> home, we have a mobile home here. And so the eventual goal is to build a house. And then to have it all be solar, to have well water mm-hmm. for water. And then, um, yeah. So, I mean, we're, the goal is to be off grid at some point. So we don't have to rely on anybody.
0: Can I get a Tesla too? <laughs> uh,
1: well, probably have, I, the Tesla batteries are looking pretty good for running they the are. solar in your house, but, um, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know if I can, <laughs> if they make a, I know he's making the truck, but the cyber if, truck. He make a, if he can make a, uh, a bigger, yeah. Farm type truck, then we maybe we SUV can, or something. yeah, we need big, I would, we need big
0: vehicles. <laughs> I would love to see a cyber truck rolling around in your, uh, on your farm. That'd be hilarious. That would yeah. honestly, that would probably help your channel to be, to be fair. <laughs> um, so I mean, what are some of the struggles that you guys, like if you could go back and change something about this journey over the last four years on YouTube that you could share with our audience, we have a lot of, uh, up and coming YouTubers that listen to this show. And it sounds to me like Jake, you're a fan of the show. I appreciate that. Thank you for yeah. listening to so many episodes.
1: Um, it's good. You got you got some good guests. I mean, Sarah <laughs> Dicci, she brings the fire and, and John yeah, Dovey man. and and then in the farming community, yeah, Josh Satin. And then looking know, back at yeah. some of your old stuff, I mean not even that old, but um to have um uh oh remind me his name, Logan's editor.
0: Yeah, Hayden um, Hillier Smith. Hayden
1: Hayden yep. uh is is he's hot right now. On, on oh, YouTube. Man, yeah. And then he, and then some of your old ones, like Chris Howe on there and, and, and yeah. Jesse driftwood and man, you've had some amazing <laughs> guests. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to,
0: br- I'm trying to branch out and get more creators that aren't just like filmmaker related. Cause everybody right. you listed is like in that niche. So, um, but yeah, I mean, what are some of the mistakes that you guys have made along the way that you could kind of cautionary tales, if you will, to share with other people coming up.
1: Once we first thing I had to overcome was music. Um, music's a huge part of our channel. And right off the bat, I thought I could use any music I wanted. And so I started throwing popular songs on my first couple of videos. And then they all got <laughs> flagged for monetization. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I can't use just popular songs. OK. And then <laughs> Epidemics, we found Epidemic Sound. And so that's been just a game changer for us to find um, some type of music service. Yeah. And then telling, learning to tell a story is what changed yeah. everything. Trying to figure out who we were as a channel how what makes us different than other people was was really big. Um, but learning to tell a story, because I look back at our first year of videos, and I thought I was doing really good. I was editing them decently. But there's no story. It's like, here's just everything we did through the day. And then day over. And then <laughs> it made there was nothing to keep you coming back or that it was just like, here's this, 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 this. And, and then that's that. And so once I figured out, like just watching a lot of videos you know, breaking down other people's content as far as what's good about it. Why is it good? Mm -hmm. You know, some people like Casey's kind of unrelatable because he's lived such a weird life. Yeah. He's an eccentric
0: person in general. So yeah.
1: You just, you can't go like fly these $20,000 plane rides that he gets to fly. But what, how can I bring, how can I bring something interesting to my life? And that's when I think things changed was that I started looking at other people's channels. And I told a couple of friends, like what, man, if I was your channel and I was living life on the road in an RV, here's, these are kind of videos that I would make, that I would talk about. And then I thought about what makes us interesting. And so we did a lot of things just being scrappy along the way with like collaborations and, and going to events. But then once we figured out what made us unique, And we made a video called, what it's like to live with 85 chickens. And we talked all about um, our chickens from start to finish and it's done really well for us. But that's when I started, that's when things started clicking was when I figured out what makes us unique and how can I share that. And so even though our videos aren't focused on our family, it's more about the animals. Um, We try to sprinkle little bits about our family in every video, so that people have more to take away from a video than just, oh, here I wanted to come here to learn about this animal, but I really like this family. So it's like trying to just give them a little bit about more about us, but not, but never make us the focus. So we're just like the the icing on top of like here, just we're just going to give you little bits and pieces, and so just that whole um, leave them wanting more kind of thing.
0: And a lot of that stuff that you're talking about are things that. Just takes It takes time to get to that point to even be aware of all of that. And so I think the thing that stands out to me about you guys is at the very beginning, you guys remained consistent. You're post, you said you were posting three yeah. times a week. Um, and yeah, just remaining consistent allows just you to- make
1: content. Yeah, just make content. Get You're going to make mistakes. Just go film and learn how to edit. And then start to analyze, be able to self-analyze your content to realize what's good and what's bad. And how can I fix it? And then how can I make it interesting? So I'm there's nobody else like it on on YouTube. How can I be different?
0: And Becky, I I would love to hear your your uh, perspective on the relationship between you and Jake. You're obviously happily married with children. How do you balance this crazy like self-employed YouTuber lifestyle with actually having a successful relationship between one another?
2: Well, I, I have to be very flexible. I kind of go with the flow. Um, if, if something needs to be done and he needs, he needs something done, I right there, I (laughs) kind of drop what I do and, and do it. And I don't know, this is the way, I don't know.
1: Well, like with (laughs) homeschooling, she's able to do it when like right now she can do it, but then Hey, we need to go do this thing for a video, or we need to go work on the greenhouse or work with the bees. She can step away because and the kids can come help. Yeah. And then they can go back to work when that's done. And so that's 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 where we're able to do that. But keep keep on going. What about?
0: Do you guys have date nights?
1: (laughs) Not really. I
2: wish. (laughs) We don't leave the house very often.
1: It's hard. We we just had to take a trip, and this was our first trip away with with when since we've had a milk cow. And so we were really trying hard to find a part-time employee, somebody that could help take care of the farm, but we just haven't been able to find it. Yeah. So we had to have some friends come and help milk the cow and stuff. And so we had to get them trained up to do it for a couple of days.
2: And we got a lot of animals. So it takes a while to kind of, and you you could only trust a few people because some of the animals are pretty exotic and you don't want them just getting out and flying around. And we have (laughs) lost a few. So it's like, you got to be really careful. That's in true. What you're doing.
0: It's not like just having kids and hiring a babysitter. You, you can't just leave the house. That's crazy. I didn't mm-hmm. even think of that.
1: But yeah, day nights should probably happen more. We talk about it. We talk about it, but. You could do it are, in the house. You can just yeah, like, the, like, get, a little, like a little picnic. The blessing is that I'm here. The blessing is that I'm here because before totally. going farm work and YouTube, I was working like four jobs from like 6 a.m. to midnight. And so I was never home. And so being able to do this, now I'm here, we're present with our kids and with each other. So
2: yeah, in our first year, um, one of our our oldest went to school. And so we were both home, and he went to school. And so it was really awkward. We waited till he got home for school to do things. And so we were like, well, we just need to homeschool just just to have the kids here. And so we can, you know, do things as a family. So it's nice that we can just drop anything we need to do. And just Go and do it or we'll do it as yeah. a family so that really helps out that he's here the kids are here and we all kind of do things all together
1: as yeah family. totally what about Happy- you do you, do you, how, do you <laughs> how do you how do you date your wife while you're uh edits, in, with your life?
0: Ed- editors i've got three editors now so i don't edit anything so okay uh that's that's why i was trying to harp on it for you because i think it's one of the biggest game changers for me is like, once this podcast is over, I'm going to pass this off to my editor. He's going to do it. So I don't have to okay. think about this podcast ever again. That allows me to be done at six o'clock and be home and be mm-hmm. present with my wife. And then moving from LA to Nashville has changed our marriage completely because my parents live here. Um, and so they are able to help babysit the kids and, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have emus and exotic animals. So, um, yeah all I need is somebody to just watch the kids for a couple hours. And you know, I've just, I don't know. I think as men, we see marriage as like the end goal. You pursue your, uh, your girlfriend to become your, your, you know, your fiance. And then once you get married, it's like, all right, cool. I'm done. I'm going to get fat and like start, you know, my career. But at least in my case, my wife was kind of like, all right, we're married now. Now let's begin building this relationship. And I lost sight of that and got too obsessed with the career. And so um, you know, I, I was making good money and was hosting this big channel in LA, but I uh, huh. got an opportunity to move back home here to Nashville and, um, have a little bit slower, uh, healthier life. And, uh, I'm glad I'd made the move, um, because it's made our marriage stronger. And, uh, yeah, I would just, you know, encourage you guys to pursue one another and set aside time to have little date nights. Maybe if it's just a picnic in the backyard, you know, it can really just yeah. help. You got to remember like, why, wait a minute why are we here why are we together what's the actual point of life you know it's important to kind of remember that and i've i've taken a break from youtube for the last three months other than this podcast um yeah but uh i'm excited to get back into it uh starting another channel but anyways
1: i would say that we we do try to enjoy it but that's people see our videos and they go man i would love to live this life and so we have to remember remind ourselves like we need to enjoy take some days to enjoy Our pond and our fire yeah. pit and things, so we we aren't just yeah caught up in achieving things or completing projects that we do enjoy this life that we share online.
0: A hundred percent, yeah. I think when you're in it, especially with YouTube, it's kind of like it's never ending, and you're you're yeah. always looking at the analytics and like what's the what's the view count on that? What's the retention rate on that? You know. It's kind of like uh, even though the video's uploaded, it's not over yet. You still have to answer comments and, you know, you want to get the data yeah. from it. But, you know, I think it's also important to be like, "All right, it's uploaded. I'm done for the day. Let's uh, let's chill and, you know, do whatever." But
1: that's where it'd be nice if it was like a TV show where you could have like a season and yeah. then you could have like a time off part of the year would be huge if we were able to do that and the algorithm would still <laughs> be pleased enough that's the only thing is you just have to keep feeding the algorithm but if there was a way to do it and to have like an actual season and be able yeah. to get a break it would be huge yeah
0: yeah i uh i am friends with ijustine she's a pretty mm-hmm. big tech youtuber and she Name the dropper. way <laughs> but she uh no she like she'll shoot i think she told me she'll shoot like four or five videos in like two or three days and then uh-huh. basically for the rest of the month like her and the editor will just their job is just to edit those four videos and obviously it's a different niche altogether but if there mm. are ways to stack videos obviously stuff like that I mean it sounds like you, you've been shooting a video for the last couple of weeks and you know you're already doing that but you know if there's ways to get smart about you know maybe doing like a throwaway video where you're just doing like a listicle kind of thing like 10 things to know when you're starting your beehive you know and then you just it's just something you could literally do in an hour or two and just put it out there, give you an extra piece of content. And it gives you kind of a little break for the week. Cause it's like, Oh, I uploaded a video. And honestly, sometimes... there
1: was a way I just don't know with my kind of content. I wish there was a way <laughs> to do that. I get, I get jealous that you were talking about on uh, one of your other podcasts about that. You love the reaction channels, the, yeah, the, that's the, what I'm built. That's Danny what I'm going to build now and, and, uh, and yeah, uh, a couple other ones drew drew uh drew Drew gooden
0: Gooden. or something like that yeah
1: yeah i love those guys too they're great and i love that they're They're hilarious when (laughs) you're able to sit at a camera and react to something talk about something and be funny cody co yeah yeah. guys yeah totally man that would be the dream because then you don't you can you could absolutely do multiple ones a day (laughs) and the higher
0: out editors too
1: yeah but it's just I don't know how if you know if I got to a point where I could do a more I've you know I don't know I don't know if I'd want to do a podcast but if there was some way to sit and to batch film to talk about things here and there yeah to to fill the void here and there that'd be great I just don't know if I could get the the views on it that we do with our other content I don't know
0: I, I don't know I would encourage you guys to look for an editor or something and just give it a try I mean it's not as expensive as you think either to be honest so give it a try.
1: Yeah. It's not the price. It'd be more of the, uh, I just feel it's like 12. I'd be, I'd be, um, micromanaging them or something like, well, just let me do it. Just let me do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, that's. that'd be that's...
1: interesting to try it once or twice just to see how it would turn out.
0: That happened to me too. And, um, you just, yeah, you learn to let go. And then also Sometimes you might be surprised, like if, especially if you hire a good person, they, they may be better than you, to be honest. You have to accept that, that. There's editors who are better than you potentially out there. If you find somebody that is better, then your content's gonna be better for it, you know? So
1: Yeah, if they can be better than me, then yes, I would be extremely happy. And I know that they are, they are probably more skilled and they're probably much faster. I guess it's just bring, bringing what's in my mind to the screen would be the challenge, I think.
0: Well, in my conversation with Hayden, Logan Paul's editor, like that's what he yeah. says. It's just, you can't take a filmmaking based editor and throw him in YouTube. It's a completely different genre that you have to relearn. So it does take mm-hmm. time to, to train somebody up, but uh, I think it would be worth it for you guys. Cause then you could potentially have some extra free time. So I don't They're know. Pretty amazing because
1: of how they, I didn't realize he was with them until hearing your talk with them that they had been together since Logan started on YouTube. Yeah. I thought he came in along the way. And so that's just amazing that they
0: No, Yeah. He was part of the daily vlog. He was, he did all the daily vlogs back in the day too. So yeah. Which, yeah. which also means he, he was the one who edited that awful video that went viral, but yeah, uh, I saw him.
1: He had to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, exposed a lot of stuff about, about him and that stuff. I'd never heard. So that was pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we didn't expose too much on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a real pleasure talking to you guys. We could probably talk for another two hours. And I, I would love sure. to have brought my wife in here so that you guys, uh, Becky, you and Laura could, could uh, relate on the YouTuber husband uh, hey, you've, lifestyle. Hey, you've
1: done four with Jevin, so you can always, uh, we can always <laughs> do a part two sometime do it. down the road.
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, maybe we'll just come visit you guys and uh, we could do it in person. That'd be fun. <laughs> put you to work. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. I'm excited. Put me to work. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Everybody go check out White House on the Hill on YouTube. We'll get you guys up to 800,000 and hopefully a million before you know it. Get that, was it a gold play button? Is that
1: right? Sure. Yeah. We, we got our silver one in our chicken coop. So our chicken
0: coop <laughs> on it. Oh, that's perfect. It's a really great uh, metaphor there uh, of yeah. what what's important in life. Jake, Becky, thank you so much for coming on the show. And it was a real pleasure meeting you in person. And uh, thank you, Jake, for being a fan of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dave. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Jake and Becky. It was a real pleasure for me to get to know them over this conversation and hear more about, again, another farming niche creator. It's fascinating to me how many people are interested in it. I mean, it makes sense. It's something that I'm fascinated in and I'm never going to start my own farm, that's for sure. It's really cool to see the numbers that they've been able to achieve on there as well. Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Also, if you're a fan of this video, you'll definitely be a fan of my other interview with Josh Satin, another farm creator, and also Sarah Dici, a podcast that Jake mentioned a couple times in this interview. All right, once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays. This is the Golden Hour Podcast, and we'll see you next week.